This Seattle Medium podcast is sponsored by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has been a lifeline for many American consumers. And over the course of its 12 years, the organization has facilitated the return of $17.5 billion to over 200 million consumers who have been misled, victims of fraud, and other financial issues. There's more to talk about the CFTV is Charlene Kroll. Good morning, Charlene. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Charlene, the CFTV uh, is one of the things that we can thank the Obama administration for, and certainly it has proven to be an asset to our country. Oh, for sure. Uh, and it's important to remember, as uh, we note the 12th anniversary, that CFPB was created in the aftermath of the Great Recession when nearly 4 million families lost their homes to foreclosure. Um, there were 465 failed banks. Uh, others who held on to their homes uh, wound up owing more uh, than the homes were then uh, worth because of nearby foreclosures. So it was a, a huge and unprecedented uh, loss uh, for families across the country. And unfortunately, as it is uh, with most financial uh, affairs, consumer-related, uh, black and Latino communities suffered uh, the, the most harms. Right. And, Charlene, there are those who would like to get rid of the organization, make significant changes in order to diminish its effectiveness uh, and scope of their work, despite the number of complaints and inquiries that the organization receives you know, on a daily basis? Oh, for sure. Uh, on every day, the average uh, number of complaints that come into the office run around 3,000. Uh, just to give you, not to go over uh, a 12-year history, but just from April to September of last year, there were over 1.2 million consumer complaints filed. And 85% of those complaints were either about uh, consumer credit, credit reports, and debt collection. Uh, so it, the agency's uh, mission is, is certainly responding to a tremendous need. Despite uh, fair lending laws, uh, particularly when it comes to housing, uh, redlining, for instance, continues, and also last year, uh, CFPB sued uh, Trident Mortgage Company. It was the first ever non-bank mortgage lender who was caught redlining, um, and for their um, disregard of the law, they had to pay $22 million 
much of which went to the families who've been discriminated against. So uh, it's one of the times when people say, you know, well, does complaining ever do any good? Well, it does a lot of good. Not only does CFPB work to make families uh, financially whole when they've been defrauded and treated illegally, it also lends to the research that uh, CFPB uh, uh, does in key uh, consumer areas. For instance, um, medical debt is just skyrocketing, and right now it affects over 100 million Americans at a cost of over $443 billion. And this issue is so unfortunate because no one wants to get sick. No one uh, wants to leave their home and go into a nursing home and then Mm -hmm. find there are all these charges uh, or in an emergency room visit. Uh, You start getting bills and you wonder, who are all these people? Uh, There's no transparency when it comes to the emergency room pricing. Many times the same thing in nursing homes. And there are big questions uh, about what insurance does and does not cover uh, once these bills are are sent to consumers. And, And again, uh, the people who are the most affected are black, Latino, uh, veterans, of course, older Americans. And it's just a, a huge ripoff uh, to the consumers who are trying as best they can to do the right thing. But it's like the more they pay on their debt, the, the worse it gets. Right. And, Charlene, that uh, is a major concern. It can be nothing more shocking than seeing a hospital bill after somebody's been admitted to the hospital for uh, a major health concern especially, but even for some, uh, lack of a better term, uh, and uh, minor health concerns. So those are some very real issues. I think the other thing to point out, too, is the value of the CFPB um, when we talk about the for-profit college industry that has um, really impacted so many uh, people, especially young people who were trying to go through these for-profit um colleges to get their lives together, get a better track, only to find out that, you know, they've kind of been bamboozled a little bit themselves. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, Many of the student loans that people uh, wrestle with financially today were incurred at for-profit schools, and I think it's one of the things that when people consider higher education, there's a huge difference between the nonprofit educational system and the for-profit. The for-profit people are not there to help people transition to the middle class or a better quality of life. Their sole focus is getting consumers to go into debt uh, without regard to whether people are getting any real education or marketable skills or training that can lead to lucrative uh, income. And it's sad that, once again, black and Latinos are unfairly targeted uh, for these for-profit institutions, uh, veterans as well, because after all, uh, most of the for-profit institutions have uh, up to 90% of their operating revenues from uh, a combination of federal student loan uh, monies 
and or veterans benefits. So the the public gets ripped off, veterans who have served their their country and now want to transition to civilian life are left uh, with no benefits to go to an alternative school because they were wasted, quite frankly, at a for-profit institution. That's why there's been so many lawsuits about for-profit education, and those continue uh, because people are more concerned, unfortunately, uh, with making money than they are with uh, serving the the public interest of higher education. Right. And, and Charlene, you know, there – is our, there's concerns out there in the um, consumer advocacy community about the continued um, fight to keep the CFPB um, around. They're trying to change it from having an, uh, an executive director to a panel or a commission overseeing some things, and we kind of see what happens with organizations at the federal level like the FCC when they do stuff like that. Uh, but in, in your opinion, where are we in regards to the fight to keep the CFPB how it is uh, now? And especially at a time when many advocates believe that we should be further strengthening the organization uh, and the umbrella that they uh, provide to consumers. Well, one of the wisdoms of the uh, legislation that authorized uh, the creation of CFPB was that it was to be an independent agency. Its revenues come from the Treasury Department, not through the annual appropriations process. That's one thing. Secondly, with a single director, you can um, achieve more results more quickly than with a multi-member commission, say like with the Federal Trade Commission, uh, where People have to deliberate and agree, and only with a majority uh, can they move forward. When CFPB discovers illegal action, uh, they are empowered to hold accountable all those uh, who broke the law, as well as make whole those who lost money through fraud and deception. And that's very, very important. Until CFPB was uh, created, Consumer protection was way down the list in terms of priorities for a number of uh, federal agencies. Consumer protection uh, was relegated to an also-ran status. With CFPB, that's the sole mission, is to protect the finances of the everyday uh, uh, American. And that has been tremendously successful. The people who fought its creation uh, lost, tried to say that CFPB was unconstitutional. In fact, that argument, that legal argument, continues to this day. Uh, another, But they've also undertaken steps to dismantle the agency piece by piece, as you said, with going from a uh, single director to a commission, removing its funding from Treasury to subjecting it to the political whims of the annual appropriations process in Congress. The the efforts to dismantle the agency are just as aggressive today as they were 12 years ago. Yeah. 
Well, Charlene, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show um, and just providing our community with some insight uh, into the CFPB and the effectiveness of the organization. Oh, and I thank you. And I'd also like to, to make mention that even if someone is uncertain of whether or not they have a situation that's actionable, um, CFPB has a database on its website, and it's called Ask CFPB. And I would encourage your listeners to consider uh, visiting CFPB uh, online to see uh, just whether or not um, what they're facing is covered under the um, the scope of, of, of the agency, mortgages, student loans, credit cards, uh, auto lending, uh, junk fees. There's just so much that CFPB um, can address. If there's any question or even a thought that is this something that they could help you with, uh, then I would encourage your listeners to, to go online and get additional information. All right. We'll have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. 